This is Steve Baer, and this is the Latter-day Strength Podcast, where we are taking our weak faith and making it strong. Today is another gospel-centered episode focused on charity. And my guess is that this is just the first of many episodes on charity. Now, since charity is the pure love of Christ, and understanding the pure love of Christ is a lifetime pursuit, then understanding charity must be along the same lines. We're going to start today by looking back at verse 37 of Moroni 7. There are two key principles here. One, it is by faith that miracles are wrought. Two, it is by faith that angels appear and minister unto the children of men. So if there are no miracles in our lives, and if angels are not ministering unto us, then it's an indicator that our faith has become weak. I can personally testify of this when I feel disconnected from the Lord, when I feel less dependent on the Lord, I often find that I have less and fewer and fewer and far between experiences with my angelic parents who passed away. My mom two years ago, my dad 28 years ago. So if there are no miracles in our lives, then it's an indicator that something is up. It's a symptom of weak faith. Now, Mormon gives us another litmus test about faith in verse 44. Being meek and lowly in heart produces faith and hope. So if you have faith, true faith and true hope, you must then needs have charity. So in other words, it is by faith that one has true charity and then it is by having or by being meek and lowly in heart that one has true faith, true hope, and true charity. So Mormon is saying that faith and hope produce miracles, and when we have these things, we then have charity. Well, he does us a favor in verse 45 by defining what charity is. Charity suffereth long and is kind and envieth not, and is not puffed up, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, and rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Years ago, when I was studying this verse, I had an epiphany uh, to trade out the word charity for Christ. So then the verse reads along these lines. Christ suffers long. Christ is kind. Christ envies not. Christ is not puffed up. He seeks not his own. He is not easily provoked. He thinks no evil. He rejoices not in iniquity. He rejoices in truth. He bears all things. He believes all things. He hopes all things. He endures all things. So now imagine you've gone through this process of having increased faith so that you begin to behold and see things that were previously hidden from your view. Now imagine that faith has caused you to witness or observe your own personal miracles. Imagine now getting personal promises from the Lord that say, this is what you can hope for. So your faith continues to grow as you turn your life over to the Lord in order to obtain the personal or individual promise he has made to you. So what does this cause you to do? I think it causes us to declare, like in verse 44, that Jesus is the Christ, 
because you have seen the work he has already done inside of you. And it can it causes you to confess that you are beginning to really know this Jesus that Moroni commended us to seek. You see how he has suffered long with you in all of your weakness. Thus you too can suffer long with those around you who have weak faith. You see how he has been kind to you and it causes you to want to be kind. You begin to interact with other people who have had their own special experiences, but you don't envy them for what they've seen or experienced. You just desire your own unique ones. Nor do your own experiences cause you to be puffed up or have a sense of self-importance. You don't consider yourself to be more special because of your own great and marvelous experiences. You don't seek your own aggrandizement when you labor on behalf of others. In your labor, you're not easily provoked. This word always meant to me, provoke to anger, but the word provoke can simply mean to stimulate or incite. Could this mean, you know, distraction? Could it mean hyper-focus on your own needs? You're not easily provoked to deviate from the path to the tree of life. You don't think evil. You think inspired thoughts. You begin to sacrifice things from your life that are iniquitous or inequitous. We'll cover this concept in another episode, which is the idea that iniquity comes from the same root as the word inequity. So iniquity with an I and inequity with an E. You rejoice in truth. You just want Christ to teach you. You stop trusting in the arm of flesh. Dare I say you stop trusting even in podcasts like this. You bear all things, meaning that with patience you allow the Lord to teach you, bearing the instruction that he gives. You believe the promises the Lord has given you. You believe in the great and marvelous things you've heard about. You hope all things. And let's again replace things with great and marvelous things. You hope for great and marvelous things. You hope for those individual promises that the Lord has given you a glimpse of. You endure all things. You endure the struggles and trials of your faith until you see the great and marvelous things you hoped for. Now, isn't that an interesting spin on it? I'm literally experiencing this in my life right now. As I grow in faith, I find myself hoping for the miracles that were made possible to others in the scriptures. And in the process of hoping for these miracles, I am beginning, and let me emphasize a beginning, to throw off certain habits that prevent me from personally experiencing these great and marvelous things. Let's continue into verse 46 and substitute now the word charity for Christ. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, if you have not Christ, you are nothing, for Christ never faileth. Wherefore, cleave unto Christ, who is the greatest of all. For all things, all great and marvelous things, must fail except for Christ. Isn't that a cool spin on that, on that verse? So now when we review the sister verses in 1 Corinthians 13, we again see some interesting parallels. So this is verse 1, and Paul is talking. 
though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not Christ, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not Christ, I am nothing. So Moroni implies that all great and marvelous things fail without Christ. And then Paul does the same thing by saying things like speaking in tongues, having a gift of prophecy, understanding of mysteries, gift of knowledge, even moving mountains. All of that fails without Christ. If he has not Christ, he is nothing. None of those amazing things matter or are possible without Christ. Now, as we go back to Moroni 7, verse 47, charity is the pure love of or for Christ, and it, Christ, endures forever. And whoso is found possessed of Christ at the last day, it shall be well with him. (laughs) So a few big ahas here. Whoever, whoso is found possessed of Christ at the last day, it shall be well with him. We often refer to that word possessed in a negative connotation, but imagine spinning it positively and being possessed by Christ and what that would do to you. Now, here's another big aha. I always viewed charity as Christ's love for other people, the pure love that he has for us but I'm now seeing it as the two great commandments. So in other words, charity is essentially a synonym for the two great commandments. One, our own love for him, our love for the Lord, for Christ. Charity is how much we love Christ. And two, how that love for Christ creates love for our neighbor. Thus, when I have charity, I have a pure love for Christ, so that in verse 48, wherefore, my beloved brethren, pray unto the Father with all the energy of heart that ye may be filled with this love for Christ, which he hath bestowed upon all who are true followers of his Son, Jesus Christ, that ye may become the sons of God. And when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, that we may have this hope, that we may be purified even as he is pure. So why is this distinction so important? Because what's the first and great commandment? It's to love the Lord our God with all our heart, might, mind, and strength. That's the first commandment. It's not to love our neighbor. Loving our neighbor comes second The word charity has been so closely associated with loving our fellow man that we are putting the second commandment first and the first commandment later. So, Steve, why is this a problem? Well, because we're supposed to have no other gods before us. It's because we are not supposed to trust in the arm of flesh. It's because our pure love, when applied first to the Lord, creates expansion within us to love others. Think about every other lesson you've ever had about priorities. For example, Stephen Covey's Big Rocks versus Little Rocks. 
when we fill our lives first with the love of other people, even well-intentioned love, we put others before Christ. And Paul proves this point in verse 3 of 1 Corinthians 13. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, or Christ, it profiteth me nothing. Though I give to the poor and sacrifice all I am to help other people, if I am not possessed by Christ, the pure love of and for Christ, it doesn't do me any good. This verse in conjunction with episode 5 on things that are good and of utility versus things that are godly perfectly fits in this discussion. We can do many good things, but if we are not doing them with the love of Christ as the motivation, it profits us nothing. It doesn't expand our hearts. So verse 8 of 1 Corinthians 13 is another apropos verse right here. Charity, or Christ, never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. If you love Christ first, you will not fail. Your supposed great and marvelous things will fail. Your prophecies, your gifts of tongues shall cease. Your knowledge will vanish away. But if you love Christ first, everything else will endure. And then verses 12 and 13 of 1 Corinthians 13. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. So this perfectly ties back into the concept of weak faith. We see through a glass darkly, but all of us will at some time know. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess, right? So we get to abide in our faith in Christ, our hope for Christ's miracles in our life, in our adoration, in our pure love for Christ. But remember, the greatest of all these is our pure love for Christ. Return back to Moroni 7.48. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, pray unto the Father with all the energy of heart that ye may be filled with this love for Christ, which he hath bestowed upon all who are true followers of his Son, that ye may become the sons of God, that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, that we may have this hope, that we may be purified even as he is pure. Our love for Christ makes us true followers. It allows us to become the sons of God because we actually love our Father both our Father in heaven and our Father Christ, who is the creator of this earth. It causes us to be like him. It causes us to see him as he is. This is what we should hope for, that we can be purified even as he is pure. So my friends, I have been a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints since I was eight years old. I was born into the faith I have seen the utility of the many programs and opportunities within the church. They have blessed my life. I now understand 
why many Christians look at Latter-day Saints and say, you guys don't get it. I guarantee you that we Latter-day Saints do not love Christ as fervently and as passionately as many born-again Christians do. On the other hand, the born-again Christians don't believe in the miracles, the prophecies, the continued revelation that we believe in. They think it was all stopped with the Bible. So we Latter-day Saints get to have the best of both worlds. We get the value of additional scripture that helps us grow our faith and have hope for great and marvelous things in our lives. And we get to experience a pure love for Christ more than any other being, more than our membership, more than the prophet, more than our fellow church members, or even our family. Christ has promised us that if we love him more than anything else, he will make everything else in our life so sweet and so beautiful. Because a pure love of Christ, which is charity, never fails. That pure love of Christ, for Christ, endures forever. And whoso is found possessed of that pure love for Christ at the last day, it shall be well with him. I believe in the first and great commandment. We should have no other gods before us, including people. We get to love the Lord thy God with all our heart, might, mind, and strength and watch our weak faith turn into strength, the kind of strength that Moroni commends us to seek after. Of this I testify in my weakness. Amen. For if they humble themselves before me and have faith in me, then will I make weak things become strong unto me.